you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Help people affected by the California wildfires by visiting redcross.org or text CA Wildfires to 90999 to give $10 to American Red Cross California Wildfires Relief. Let's start the show. David. Football. Football, David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to not Studio 66, rather Studio 6. Coming up in just a little bit, we will have Willie McGinnis here to talk about all things Week 10 in the NFL. Perhaps even we'll project ahead as his uh, as his former team, one of the two uh, former teams for which he toiled along with the Cleveland Browns. So the New England Patriots suddenly struggling. Week 10 getting housed in Tennessee. Can't recall the last time a Patriots team got whipped this late in the season. Anyway, we'll talk to Willie about that and a bunch of other things. In the meantime, welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, as always, presented by Head and & Shoulders and seated to my left here. You can check it all out here if you want to see the video version of it, by the way, nfl.com slash ddfp, because this is quite a grand sight here. We are sitting in the full room green screen with the former New York Giant. He also is a legend from the Cleveland Browns. His jersey hangs in the Digital Wall of Fame up in Studio 66. It's Sean O'Hara. What's happening, fella? What's up, Double D? Studio 66, you know, that number has some some significance to me. I know my jersey Mm. that is up, uh, thanks to you, in the Hall of Fame is number 60. But in high school and in college, I wore 66. Really? Why'd you abandon it when you went well, pro? I was 66, and I kind of, you know, my dad used to always buy me Route 66 signs and, you know, shirts, and that was kind of like, you know, my calling card was, you know, hey, if you want to get to the end zone, you follow Route 66. It was corny. It was cheesy. I get it. But My favorite sports, uh, my favorite athlete of all, maybe my favorite human being of all time, Mario Lemieux, 66. There you go. The yeah, it's a great number. Ball. It's a power number. Mm-hmm. Um, 66 was taken when I got to the Cleveland Browns as an undrafted free agent. They gave me 60. And I made the team, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to change it. So I stuck with it, and um, that's how I ended up with 60. So obviously you are not uh, somebody who is superstitious then because some guys get obsessive about it. Actually, I am. So I I said I made the team so I I stayed with 60. I didn't want to change it and then possibly get cut, but it didn't matter because four years later I – then Cleveland story, didn't sign me anyways, and I went and moved on. Then the story you've told on DDFP at least six times already is uh, Fast forward. got mustard on it when you're trying to eat a wiener in a stall at halftime of a pro football game. So, I don't we know, don't have time for it, don't. You can't try to eat uh, a hot dog. That's I, ca- true. I call it a hot dog. I don't know why you call it what you call it, but it's a hot dog, and you can't try to eat a hot dog. You either eat a hot dog or you don't eat a hot dog. I bring that story up every time just because for some reason, I don't know why you get so uncomfortable with the term wiener. Be- because but you don't. No, yeah. It's an Oscar Mayer wiener. I didn't make it up. I, that, that's okay. a brand right. of a, 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 of I think, a wiener. I think you, cop, you stop calling a hot dog a wiener when you're seven. Okay. 
That's what you like. Maybe when maybe when you turn eight or nine. Can we please talk about football? (laughs) I don't know what you're so obsessed by wieners for, but what we're talking about is football. Thank you. Yes. All right. Now, first order of business week 10 wrapped up with the New York Giants. And I have to beating the San Francisco 49ers up in uh, up in the Bay. And I do sincerely. I admire in a world, in this sports media thing, some for some reason still, it's so 20th century as far as I'm concerned, but it's apparently taboo for a lot of people. They do, oh, you should never concede that you cheer for anybody or, you know, it's you have to be completely objective. All right, this isn't uh, global politics. We're allowed to <laughs> like a team that yeah. or like people that play on a, on a team. I admire that you still wear it. You still cheer for Eli and the... And big blue, good for you. And you tweet about it. I I, I find it commendable. You know, it's um, look. I we kind of have a saying in the Giants fraternity: once a giant, always a giant. And I think when you win a championship and you kind of go through some of the things that we got to go through as a team, as a franchise, as an organization, um, you know, I, I never looked at it like a job. You know, it was it, it felt like family, and it felt like you were a part of that organization. Um, and, and still to this day, I feel like that. So, uh, you know, the, the Mara family, Tish family, I still feel like, you know, they're relatives almost, if that makes any sense. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely hits home. But, you know, I think when you're offensive lineman, you you kind of treat the quarterback like the president. All right, it's your job. I feel like, hmm. you know, Clint Eastwood jogging alongside the limo, um, you know, in 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 that movie um, good. No, good with call. John Malkovich in the, in the line of fire. Uh, in the line of fire. Very and, very nice. Uh, you know, you're, you're 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 kind of that's your duty. You know, it's not just a job. I got to block this guy. No, no, I'm 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 blocking this guy. Like my life depends on it because I'm protecting that guy's life. So you feel like you're kind of you know secret service. Um, and as we all know, even a president, when he's no longer an active president, he has detail for the rest of his life. So I kind of, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for the other offensive linemen that I played with, but I think they feel the same way. That we, Eli has been unprotected in that, 2018 and at the back end of 2017. Somebody's like got to protect him. Yeah. yeah, I feel like John Malkovich is sneaking into security, you know, through security, uh, you know, with all these different different kind of weapons, and, and and he's under attack. But no, I think we we all still feel the sense of duty that you know what that's our guy, and you know what we're going to protect him. Um, we can't do it on the field, but um, we're gonna we're gonna find a way to, to still stick behind him. The other thing with it too is people watch football. Fans watch football. They get emotionally charged when they watch all that stuff. I study football. Mm. I don't watch football. So when I study things and I see things happening and I see people's, oh man, the quarterback's terrible. Whoa, whoa, hold on. The quarterback didn't lose that game. You know, quarterbacks and head coaches are the only people in a football stadium that get wins and losses. Nobody, you didn't introduce me as Sean O'Hara who went 10 and six in 2007. No, we, we don't get that. And no other player gets that, but the quarterbacks and the and head coaches for the good and the bad. But, um, I, well, I st- I, by the way, I think that's fair though, because you, they make a lot more money. Than yeah. You too, I, so. Yeah. But I, but I, when, when I, when I study football and I look at but it, I, I say, okay, larger point, I don't, yes. th- that to me was not on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you have a guy dropping passes or you have guys missing blocks, there are so many other pieces to that. Um, and case in point, you know, there were times we, we left games at offensive linemen and we said, man, we were awful. Like we didn't, we didn't block anybody, but we ran for 150 yards and we won the game. All right. You know what? We're all great. 
Um, and that's kind of the player mindset, w- even when you're removed from it. I think it's all great. And by the way, your studying will uh, will be on display here momentarily as we get into some offensive line talk. And don't turn off the show because you just heard that. O'Hara is one of those guys who makes it compelling, even the pretentious people like me. Yeah, sounds like a pop quiz. Well, it's yes, it, yeah. yes. I, like okay. I always say, this is will not be some parochial few minutes. It's okay. interesting. I just, as I always say, I don't know offensive linemen. I can see overall if if they're getting a good push as a group, but I can't divine which guy is doing really well. I have to, yeah. you really have to stop and study it. Well, let me just say this: there are times where I watch a play and I have to rewind it ten times to figure out what happened. Mm. Like case in point, there was a there, there was a play on the Indianapolis Colts game against Jacksonville just uh, this weekend, and I'm watching it and I'm saying, okay, it looks like the left guard got beat backside, and I'm thinking, man, what poor footwork he used. And as I'm rewinding it and rewinding, I'm realizing the right guard forgot to pull. Hmm. So the right guard didn't pull to the right on a play, and it forced the running back to cut back right into another guy's man. And and when I first saw the play, I'm like, oh man, that was a terrible job by the left guard, and it wasn't even his fault. How often, that's interesting, how often would you say in a given play, let's say an NFL team, an offense takes, what, 80 snaps a game? Yeah, probably 65 is probably the average. Oh, I thought it was way game. up from that at no, this point. I mean, these, 80? These I don't know. I thought I like mean, a... That, like Chip Kelly was getting 80 snaps when he was running Oh, okay. That number's in my head. Okay, so 16, 65 snaps a 65 game. snaps is probably average. What percentage does somebody on offense screw something up? On a good team, yeah. On a good team, you may have five mistakes. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you were going to say like half. Oh, okay, that's good no. to hear. Well, I mean, uh, I'm talking about offensive line, on, on or, or total in general, offense. in general, because you always hear also from the defensive yeah. side. Oh, bad communication. What's going on with the Bengals right now? They have good defensive pieces. Oh, bad communication. Why are the Steelers so bad defensively in the first month? Oh, just they they weren't communicating back there. It just sounds like everybody's <laughs> screwing up constantly. What, what explain yeah. what what is meant by that phrase when you hear that? All well, the time. when defensive players say, "Hey, yeah, there's lack of communication," that means nobody knew what the heck was going on, and, and that means you know that's kind of their code word for they're not going to throw somebody under the bus. Um, but when you when you look at, at mistakes, um, we used to have an accountability chart when I played for the Browns. Bruce Arians kind of brought that to the plate, uh, to the front of the room. And it was, hey, if you made a mistake in practice or in games, your name was on the list. And it was kind of like, oh, man. It was embarrassing to, mm-hmm. to see your name. And then as the season went on, you kind of realize who are the usual suspects. You know, it's like, all right, who, who's the guy that his name keeps getting called up? And it's like, man, you can't get right, you know. And, and uh, you come up with nicknames for those kind of guys. Um, <laughs> but as the season goes on, that number should be shrinking. And good teams, good teams, that'll be five or less for the whole offense or for the whole defense. Bad teams are in the double digits. And if, if you've got 10 or more mental assignments or just flat-out mistakes, you're not going to win football games. All right. Before we get into some O-line-specific stuff, let's just talk about the Giants for a second. Eddie Spaghetti is uh, is back there. Eddie! And, you know, I don't know if he has mentioned it to you, but he's a Giants fan, too. And by the his way, brother played by, at Rutgers, by, by the way, so he wants s- you to know that. S- since he's a, you know, in, in the, on the East Coast, you know, they, they don't really call it Spaghetti, right? They call it ZD or, or Spaghetti! Or Hell, I've got the, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. The prosciutto. Yeah. Um, Spaghetti is uh, might want to jump in here too because I don't want to call him out. Well, for uh, let me let, let me just start 
from the beginning. At the draft, I know that's because I've been consistent at least. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've been consistent about being right or wrong. <laughs> I didn't think it was a good idea for them to take Saquon Barkley then. And I've seen Saquon Barkley play now, and he is gangbusters, and he's yeah. super exciting in a in a way that that lateral shuffle he makes that he can bounce himself about four yards with just a like almost barely even flexing his knees. He just has a weird sort of uh, a bit ability like Frogger or something to just jump spaces um, in the blink of an eye, and he's dynamite and he catches. The he can tell. He can teleport. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Odell Beckham out there, who is, what, at worst, the fifth best receiver in the game? We can debate that at a later date, but yeah. he, he certainly is up there in terms of talent and production in 2018. So uh, it does make sense that you that if, if you're a casual fan that you would say, well, what? why isn't uh, this offense going? You can see why Eli would get that blame to the untrained eye at least, right? Yeah, you can see why, because there are a lot of errant throws. There's some missed throws, a lot of sacks. Um, and, you know, flat out, Eli just not looking very unathletic during a lot of it. So, yes, to a lot of casual fans, they see all that and they think, oh, man, this is brutal. And then when you look at it, you look at why it's happening. You look at some of the bad throws and, and, and the hits, the sacks, and how cumulative they are and understanding how the game can unfold. Um, yeah, all of that stuff is is kind of goes into it, uh, but it's that, that's to me is why this season has been so tragic for the Giants. You have arguably two of the best players at their position in the entire league right now. That's the and, point. It's, and you it's a head scratch. You can't win games, right? So it just comes down to the fact that look at all the look at the top name the top five teams in the NFL right now. Well, I'll tell you who what they, they have. Name, in, name the top five teams: Chiefs, Rams, Chargers. Okay. Uh, you know. I guess that's about it. That's Vikings, all you can name. maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah, Patriots. Um, pa- well, no, I wouldn't put the Patriots in there at this point. All the way those they're teams, looking, but all right. Uh, Rams, Saints, Chiefs, all Saints, those teams. Okay, right. Their offensive lines are all playing extremely well. Hmm. There is not one team in the in the, up there in that top five to seven echelon whose offensive line is not playing well. You look at the worst O lines in the league. They're all they're losing teams. They're all down. The San Francisco is probably one of the outliers with that. Their offensive line has actually been pretty pretty good, but with the quarterback injuries, that has uh, not been reflective of that. So, uh, yeah, that's you know that 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 is really part of it. And when you factor in that, it's also a brand new offense. Um, there's you know then it's not just the offensive line. You know, there's guys dropping passes. Uh, there's guys making mental errors, and you see a lot of that stuff. Is it though? My see, my ongoing hypothesis is is that it's the coor- the offensive coordinator. The good teams I just listed. What do they all have in common? Along yeah. with the O, o- yeah. line, is a clever, progressive, keep your foot on the gas kind of offensive coordinator. And the teams that are struggling are the ones that are still tethered to a twentieth century philosophy. Fair yeah. enough. There's definitely some validity to that, and and I think that's where great offensive coordinators can adapt week in and week out, but also can adapt based on who they have on that team that season. Um, I think one of my beefs with the Giants, you know, is knowing who Eli is and knowing what he isn't. Yeah, right. That offense should morph around him, and it should look different. When Pat Shermer got hired, I remember everybody talking about this offense is going to look so different. You're going to see Eli under center more. You're going to see a lot more play action. You're going to see more fullback, multiple tight end, run formations, all that. We haven't seen any of that. Mm -hmm. We've seen the sprinkles here and there. We saw it in the Houston game. We saw a little bit of it 
um, against the 49ers, but that has not been what we've seen. What we have seen is more actually of the Ben McAdoo offense where it was predictable on 11 personnel and you know, shotgun runs, shotgun passing. Um, that, that's really not to Saquon's strengths. It's not to the offensive line strengths. So to your point, I think an offensive coordinator can look at it, and most offensive coordinators I would think would say, if we're going to start the season with five brand-new offensive linemen, and by the third week we're going to have a new center and a new right tackle, and by this point in the season we are on our third center and our third right guard, I'm going to tweak our offense, and we are going to become more of a run-first offense, and we're going to become more of a play-action offense to help those guys out. That's what you would think. It hasn't exactly transpired that way. Um, okay, so I, so I, but so I would I think really be agree. curious to know why you didn't think the Giants should draft Saquon Barkley at two overall. Because Eli Manning's age, straight up, and you don't know if if you're the Giants, who, like you talk about, one of the reasons that they are such a storied and proud franchise, its old players and its fan base and everything else, is because they're perennial, not maybe Super Bowl contenders, but playoff contenders. And as a result, in New York City, you can't just be a bum 5-11 and 11 team for very long. Ergo, you're not going to have many Why shots. Why not? The Jets do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's their that's their problem. I'm joking. I'm I'm, I'm joking. Are I, you? I, I love the Jets. Okay. Either way, the well, there is a difference. I think in national perception of those two so, New York based teams. So, and how many other times you you certainly can't plan? Well, well, we'll have another shot. We'll be in the top two or three uh, slots in the in a draft sometime soon. That's not what you want to be. But you don't have to draft in the top five to get a a, a, a quarterback. A franchise quarterback. I mean, Drew Brees wasn't a top five pick. Tom Brady wasn't a top five pick. Um, but I, most, I don't, I don't think you have to pluck them more from often that than branch. not. That running but, backs, but if have your argument variance with that, if your argument is strictly based on age, then I give you Exhibit A of Philip Rivers. And two years ago, the, the Chargers were a hot mess, mm-hmm. and Philip Rivers. People were talking about Philip Rivers is done. I mean, that's it. Like, the Chargers need to draft another quarterback. I mean, they had written him off. And they came to him and they said, hey, if the Chargers draft a quarterback high, would you be willing to tutor him? He said, no, that's not my job. No, I'd be mad because that basically means they're giving up on me and they don't want to win now. What did they do? They drafted two offensive linemen. I think two in the first round. Forrest Lamp, who still is trying to get on the field because he's been banged up, but Dan Feeney. Mm -hmm. So they went and, and invested in the offense, and now look at them. I mean, if the playoffs, I mean, if the season starts ended right now, they'd be in the playoffs. Well, and the, the only distinction really so to be they're drawn, the same age. I agree. The only the only difference is, although you like you say, uh, Forrest Lamp with the injuries, the two tackles uh, out. But a they lot went out and season. signed Russell Okun. But, so they right, who has done a he's done a great job at left tackle, solidifying that spot. But without that offensive line, Philip Rivers looked ancient. He looked fragile. He didn't look. Like I agree with you. I just uh, the, the biggest difference is that uh, to this point, at least, um, you know, Eric Flowers, uh, abject bust for you, swing and a miss. And Nate Solder uh, is Nate Solder. Pretty, he'll be fine. He will be. He'll be all right. Yeah, he's given up some sacks, but um, when you're a left tackle in the league, it happens. His one of his best attributes is, is to run the speed rushers by. I mean, that's kind of how he made a, a career up in New England of Tom Brady stepping up. Well, your quarterback can't step up in the pocket if your guards are getting beat. So mm. Nate Solar is used to running guys by the quarterback, which he does really well. And 
the quarterback can't step up, so he's right there in the line of fire. So that's why you've seen a lot of those, those sacks. Nate Solder will be all right. Interesting observation, yeah, that I wouldn't have picked up on. It seems like a lot more QBs yeah. are and he's to playing Brady and Breeze with that step-up move. Yeah, and, and Brady actually sets it up really well, too, because he'll purposely almost, it looks like, take an extra step to make the defender go wide, knowing mm-hmm. he's going to climb the pocket a little bit. Um, you know, there's an art form in that. But also with Nate playing next to a rookie can can kind of – you know, it, it can take some time, and I know a lot of those twists that they've gotten beat on are because they're not on the same level, and you can only do that through game reps. Hmm. Great insight. See, we're already into the O-line talk. Uh, Quentin Nelson, did you or any hmm. of your teammates ever scream like that? Uh, yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. That makes it that makes it a hundredfold worse. You know, like a big guy chasing me would be horrifying but if he was screaming like that i don't i would weep yeah you know? I, I love big q uh, actually uh, on, on our network and at the combine i, I was lobbying for gettleman to take him hmm. um yeah i didn't think saquon would be there at two overall i thought the browns were going to take saquon so uh, i was saying take big q if little Q's not there um I, so quentin is is from red bank he's a jersey kid um just just an awesome awesome kid so yeah Offensive linemen, there are some guys that yell. Actually, Kareem McKenzie, before we would go out on the field, before every game, the very first play, get the kickoff, offense is going out. We used to call him Big Bear, and he would let out this big roar as he ran out on the field. And it was kind of – first time he did it, everybody was kind of – you know, we kind of looked at each other. What is, is he all right? What's going on? Then we realized that's just kind of his thing. Chris Snee would throw up on our shoes on the sideline, <laughs> and Big Bear <laughs> would right. scream – Roar! like this big bear as he ran on the field for the first place. So that was kind of uh, that was kind of our, our, our yelling moment. I don't know. He wouldn't do it during the game, but Rich Soiber was kind of our squealer. He was the one that was always <laughs> making it. I think I broke my hand. I think I broke my finger. Like he got hurt on every single play. Um, so we call him Rich the, Rich the you know what rhymes with Rich. Rich, uh, rich the, the Rich the itch with a B. Uh-huh. Um, I used to, they used to make fun of me because I used to make like this weird sound like and it's just kind of like, you know, when you're working out, which clearly you you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're Thank pumping you. weights. Thank you. You kind of you kind of like make these <laughs> I, sounds. I, I do that all the time like, when I'm and when I when I get when I get them big cookies on the bar, man. Yeah, yeah, when you get three plates on there and you start the plates of it. Yeah. When you're when you're all day pumping that three fifteen off your chest, you know, you gotta get the air out. And that's how you kinda that's how you exude force. I used to I don't know how or why, but I used to say Ike, Ike, like Ike. <laughs> that was kind of like, Ike, like as I was trying to do something. So when they wanted to make fun of me, they would start saying Ike. Um, but I think it's great. I think, uh, yeah, I think everything sounds better with sound effects. Like you ever watch yeah. a silent movie? It's kind of boring. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm with you 100. We got to credit Steve Sable, you know Ed and Steve Sable for putting sound and music to football. It's what made it so eloquent. You're you're so right about that. And speaking of NFL films, this allows us to transition neatly into something I'm doing. I told you about this a few weeks ago and said I I uh if possible would like to enlist your help and uh being a good fella here you are now. I'm doing every week going into now week 11 NFL if the season ended right now, my top 100 players, I modify mm-hmm. the list. Okay. Well, you'll be surprised to learn because you were with the Giants for a while. Eagles fans are very upset 
that I don't have Carson Wentz on there. Oh. They're very cross with me. I I've gotten some uh, some social media comments that uh, someone needs to lose their job over this. Wow. The the omission. Well, it's nice to see that Wentz. the Super Bowl banner hasn't <laughs> softened the Eagles fans <laughs> at all. You won the Super Bowl, yeah. Eagles. Settle down, everybody. Well, I mean, in your defense, on uh, Carson Wentz, he did miss the first few games. That's um, a, and, and um, I, I don't. I, if if anybody wants me to provide yeah. my defense, well, this was before even the game against the Cowboys. But yes, he he had a lot. By the way, he's he's turned the ball over seven times in uh, seven games at that okay. point. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think I have to explain myself. That's too many. Five fumbles? See, five lost fumbles? You can't have that from the QB. So, so where is Carson Wentz on this he's list? He's not on here, and he's going to stay off now. He's, not on, the, he's not on the entire list? Well, I mean, what what do you want a whole QB list or what? Wow. I got to squeeze okay. some of your guys. No, out I, here. I thought you meant he was wasn't on like the top twenty five. Uh, no, okay. I mean he's not in he's the top one hundred. Not in the top one hundred. Okay. Well, listen, I'm not. I can't have nothing but QBs. I want to put some of your oh, guys I, I, on I'm there. With you. Yeah. There's some defense. Not many people are playing defense in 2018, so I've squeezed in it, a few it's, defenders. It, clearly, it's optional. You don't have to tackle and be in the NFL. You don't have to. Well, in in this season, sometimes it's it's a suggestion. It's not. Not a requirement. So my top five is I'll unveil it for you here. Todd Gurley at five, Phil Rivers at four, Drew Brees at three, getting a lot of MVP buzz. I will continue to say until he has a real stinker, Patrick Mahomes is the revelation, unlike anything we've seen in at least a decade in the NFL. He's got to be my number one. And then at number two, to honor the defensive players, there's Aaron Donald, the greatest defensive player of the 21st century. Now, do you disagree with any of those top five before we talk about where we should seed some individual offensive linemen? Um, yeah, well, I mean, probably the one I would I, that that is surprising to me that top five is Philip Rivers. Um, really, he's yeah. been so great. He he has he he has been good. Um, and it's not like I, I don't know. I mean, I, I how would, to say this, but he hasn't just leaned on Keenan Allen. Either no, Keenan Allen's numbers are are actually a little down from where you might have expected, but that's uh, probably a tip of the hat to to Phil Rivers and what he's doing with that offense, spreading it all over, and also the ongoing uh, greatness of Melvin Gordon, which I didn't know. I, I I love Melvin Gordon, the guy. I love how he runs, but he's so physical, and he doesn't seem like he's physically built to sustain that kind of. Uh, um, you know, usage, but so yeah. far, yes. Well, I know, I know the Chargers were worried about that aspect of Gordon uh, early on, but yeah, he looks like he's he's getting stronger. As he just punishes. Progresses. He's yeah. one of those guys yeah. who punishes at the end yeah. of every he, run. He, he leaves a trail of carnage behind him. Hmm. Um, I, and look, I think Rivers is is having a big year, um, but I, I think Golf is is having a phenomenal year. And, and, I'd say and, he's and, hard though because McVay so, and then Gurley and right, but, you know, but it's hard to figure out who but I, I, to I, honor. That, that to me is not a negative. I think when you look at Golf and like Philip Rivers throws the ball. But golf is a passer. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but when you watch golf throw the ball, it looks different. Like Philip looks like a shot put and it looks like it's taken every ounce of and uh, fiber in his mm. body to get that ball to go 25 yards on out route. Golf, I mean it looks like I mean it looks like like Paul O'Neill his lefty swing. You know the the sweet lefty swing. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like when you're watching golf throw the football. Um, well said. It's, yeah, it's, I know it's, exactly. It's what fun you mean watching by the play. That. So I, I, I think let me ask you this: It's though. a shame he gets he gets denigrated because of the McVeigh aspect. And I, I'm not trying to um, denigrate. In fact, to the point we were set, we were making five ten minutes ago, isn't it? Uh, is 
you know, the, this thing about uh, the the returns are coming in way too early, as far as I'm concerned, on Sam Darnold or anyone else. Sam Darnold, look at him. He's not. So wait, do we universally now sign off on the idea that Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold's going to be? No, it's owed to the to the system he's in, right? Isn't doesn't doesn't Sam Darnold versus Jared Goff prove what we're talking about that you need a different kind of offensive coordinator, a different kind of play caller to succeed in the NFL. And the division that well, exists is between the teams that have one of those guys, the one of those play callers and the teams that don't. Yeah. I think right now, Sam Darnold looks like golf did last year. Right. Or, precise, or, or, two years golf's ago. Right. Year. Precisely. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, and, that, and that's really why I'm a proponent of keeping offensive coordinators and keeping a guy in a system so that he can grow because that's when you kind of reap the benefits of everything you went through as a rookie and you went through in the first year. So you can go in the offseason and build on what went well, what worked, what didn't, how do we tweak this, um, how do we make it better. Um, I, I could see Sam Darnold being very impressive, especially when you think about how young he is. His his second year is going to look night and day, but you hope that that doesn't stun his growth if they do make a change. I think for, for golf – um, I I just look at I look at that offense, and you take him out of that. I don't know if it's gonna. I mean, they're still gonna run the ball, and Gurley's still gonna be fine. They're still gonna find a way to complete passes, but it's not gonna put up the amount of points, and it's not gonna be as explosive if golf's not in there. Um, I, I think it's an interesting conversation with Drew Brees, Mahomes, with golf, with how how well all three of them are doing. Um, and Drew Brees. Look, I could make a case for him to be number one. For sure. Yeah, no, no, no question that he's been uh, dynamite this year. I think when you look at, at, at what Mahomes has done, Andy Reid, I mean, some of, the, some of the plays that he comes up, I feel like he puts out all these game plans in the first eight weeks. Everybody in the NFL copies it, and then they use his own plays in the second half of the season to beat him. Hmm. It kind of seems like that's the movie that we keep watching uh, when it comes to the Chiefs, but. They, the 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 game to play, at least I mean, it doesn't prove anything except that what your opinion is of these guys individually. But start trading the QBs around the NFL, and and then see what you think would be the result. I yeah. suspect, and you know, if you're a Rams guy, if you're a big Jared Goff guy, you probably won't like this, but I bet you they'd be. I bet you they'd have no more than two losses if Josh Rosen were their QB. Who? The Rams. The Rams. How much do you you really think Josh Rosen wouldn't be able to step in there, bright guy, work with McVay? I bet you he could have jumped in there on a talented team. You know, I think um, the one thing that gets lost on that is how much is done at the line Mm. and how many times you do things in the huddle that dictate that. We would call sometimes two, maybe three plays in the huddle. And to be able to come to the line and decipher what's going on and get – you know what, check that play. We're, we're alerting to something different. You see it all the time. Kill, 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 alert, alert, alert. Um, that's something that rookie quarterbacks struggle. Halle Berry, Halle Berry, Halle Berry. Exactly. Um, even Josh Rosen was, would struggle with, with some of that. So, uh, And I'm sure he is. All right. I, you're a fancy TV man, and you have to go be on TV. So give it to – bring it on home here. Okay. Tell me which offensive lineman I have omitted, and I should be ashamed for having done that. Well, the fact that I can – Flip over the first page and not see a single. Well, listen, like I say, well, I don't want to be pretentious. So, so I don't that, know. I so don't the know. first offensive lineman you have is Zach Martin at fifty. It's a good one. Um, you know, it feels, you know, chalk. It feels a little jaded. Um, I, I feel like Joe Thomas. You know, I mean, he was a top twenty 
Uh, I talked to a lot for, of guys, for, for though. A while. I talked to plenty uh, of NFL guys who know, including you, not saying that you denigrated him, but a lot of people said, oh, no, Joe Thomas is, isn't as good as Jason Peters, or Trent Williams is better than both of them. I heard a lot of that. Yeah, talk. but I'm just saying, as far as rankings, people had him up pretty high. So I think, Oh, 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 I see. I, I got gotcha. you. To, to, to not have an offensive lineman in the top 50 is I'll, it, You is, know what? For crime, you, I'll do it. How yeah, high I, I, and who Jason, should it be? Well, Jason Peters in his prime? Yeah. Okay, he, well, we don't have him. We don't have him uh, to use here. I think I think Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchick right now, those two tackles are, are, are two of the best tackles in the game right now. So um, I, I think they are definitely – they should definitely be in the top top 50. Zach Martin, I think he should be – I think he should definitely be top 25. Oh. I mean, I would put him up there. I mean, he's – He's really the stir that the, the the straw that stirs that drink down in Dallas. I think, um, you know, yeah, you got Ryan Ramchick at eighty four. I, I think he he would be higher. David DeCastro definitely should be higher. I, I think David DeCastro he might be the second best guard in the league right now behind Zach Martin. Um, so I would bump him up there. I think right. um, Ryan See? Ryan Kelly, the center for the Colts. He and Quentin Nelson need to be on here. Quentin Nelson is balling, and he—it's uh, like watching a highlight film every time I turn on the tape and, and watch hmm. what he and Ryan Kelly are doing. Um, I like Bakhtiari. I, I think he's one of the best pass blocking tackles in the league, so uh, I'm okay with with him being there. He could be a little higher. Joe Thune, the left guard for the Patriots, um, is. He might actually be playing better than Jack Mason right now. So he's kind of somebody. But, um, you know, as offensive lineman, you kind of – it takes you a while to get on these lists and to kind of create that name. Roger Saffold, he should be higher than 95 as well because I think he's – Indiana he, Hoosier. He's he probably vanquished, one of the best. You know, his alma mater vanquished, uh, among others, Rutgers this year. Mm, going yes. into the big game quite in a few, Ann Arbor. Qu- quite a few teams did. And, <laughs> And, the Hoosiers, uh, and, I mean. and they and they got oh the Hoosiers going up to Ann Arbor this week. Oh, that's Flash a big of the one. Titans. Mm. And uh, Michigan just got done beating up on the Scarlet Knights, uh, who now host Penn State this weekend. So uh, that'll be good. Uh, yeah, Saffold. I think he's one of the, he's probably one of the best left guards in in the game right now. Um, let's see, Brandon Brooks. You know, I thought Brandon Brooks last year had one of the best years I've seen a guard have in a long time. Um, I think he's still playing pretty well, but that Eagles O line just looks different this year. Mm-hmm. They're not running the football as well. Uh, Lane Johnson struggled early on. He gave us some bad sacks. Um, I know he was kind of battling an ankle injury as well. Um, so that that group kind of looks a little bit different. Um, I tell you who quietly is, is 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 having a good year is Larry Warford, the right guard for the Saints. Um, you know, we we mentioned the tackles before we get to the guards on that O line, but. But he's doing a great job. And the other guard for the Rams that nobody's talking about, Austin Blythe, hmm. he's been phenomenal. And he was a seventh-round pick, I think, by the Colts, either fourth or seventh round. Um, ended up cutting him. The Rams, you look at the Rams' offensive line, I mean, they're a hodgepodge. Whitworth was the bangle, came over free agency. Nobody wanted him. He was too old. He's been balling out of left tackle. Roger Saffold was a tackle that they drafted early on, I think first round maybe. They tried to trade him. The trade goes through. He fails the physical. He ends up coming back. They move him to guard. Now he's a Pro Bowl left guard. Mm-hmm. John Sullivan played in Minnesota for a long time. Um, you know, hurt his knee. Ended up getting banged up. They let him go. He's found a home with the Rams. Austin Blythe, who I just mentioned, really Havenstein, Rob Havenstein, the right tackle is the only guy that they drafted 
uh, you know, recently. Uh, Saffold was uh, a few years ago. But that offense line is kind of cool to see them all come together. I love hearing it. And see that those are those that just feels completely random. You're pull, pulling this individual off of this team, and that guy's really because you're actually studying it, as you say. So uh, I hope Spaghetti was writing all those down because uh, because he we'll takes copious notes. He does. Spaghetti, by the way, is back on board with Eli, right? Spaghetti. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, clear. I, I, I just want to. I don't think he ever got off board. I think uh, he. It's going to be an interesting rest of the season just because they got Jamon Brown from the Rams in the Fowler trade, and, and they inject him. He could help out a lot. And, I I mean, I do agree with what Sean is saying. Like, the, the, the offensive line, when you're struggling and Eli gets very skittish, he gets happy feet, he's just, you know, dumping the ball off the Saquon, it's – it's not. We're not really seeing what Eli could do now. If you have some block in front of him, then you have health, uh, healthy Ingram. You have Shepard. You have OBJ. Then it's like a way different ball game. So it's it's going to be interesting. But the 2004 first rounders, it still goes Big Ben one, Rivers two, Eli three. That's not your list. You go Eli two. Uh, that's not my list. Um, you go Eli one over seven. I, I th- well, you know what? Here's the the interesting thing about Ben is, you know, he goes to the Super Bowl his rookie year, and he wasn't doing much. He did plenty in those playoffs. I mean, he was Second like, year, and he was great in the his be, I, I've talked to him. I mean, his, his greatest playoff game still is the uh, is the one in Denver that got them to that Super Bowl. Yes, okay. he didn't play so well against good, Seattle, but he played great against Indy, and he played great against Denver. They wouldn't have gotten yeah. to that Super Bowl without. Uh, those I, I'm a big fan of Ben. Uh, I think what he does, and and is, despite as dramatic as he gets at times, he's a tough dude. And uh, I know all the offensive linemen that I know that have played with him love him. Um, so I, I've got nothing but but respect for him. But yeah, that would be that would be an interesting uh, one, two, three there. Because um, Ben, you know Ben, I mean, look, he rode the bus and a good defense. You know, it's kind of like how do people feel about Terry Bradshaw? You know, he's won he won four Super Bowls. But, I, I, but, I, you know what? But he also now he, I'm not, now he, I've opened up a can of worms that I am not interested in. <laughs> Putting on the hook. That's I don't a, even know. That's how a to different. That's a different. That's a different show. We could do that show later, but I, Terry Bradshaw was plenty good, especially in those. Go right. watch. Go watch him in Super Bowl ten. All go right. watch him in thirteen. Go watch him in fourteen. He's it's not the defense that's winning those games. Okay, I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's the deep balls. How many guys do you see win Super Bowls in the fourth quarter with deep balls? He did. He does it. Three. He does it uh, in Super Bowl ten and fourteen. Throwing the in the second half. All right, I got some homework. Uncorking I'll go back to watch. It. All right, you get your O line stuff, get over the, and I'm I'll try, tell I'm, you about dramatic plays. I'm trying to get in over the the, the interceptions that he threw. It was a different time. Everybody <laughs> threw interceptions back then. <laughs> everybody, everybody was doing it. That's right. Everybody was doing it. Okay. All right, O'Hare. It's wonderful to see you once again. Don't be a stranger to the DDFP. Come right, on, thanks, uh, come on back sooner. I'll come on as soon as you, as long as you promise, stop talking about wieners. I. All right. Uh, Willie McGinn is still to come with uh, a lot of uh, interesting thoughts here about Levy and Bell, about uh, about Tom Brady and so on. First, though, the 2019 Pro Bowl vote is here. You can vote for Tom Brady if you want. Which NFL players do you want to see in the 2019 Pro Bowl in Orlando? Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Ooh, and G Suite. 
is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slide, Sheets, and Drive. I've been telling you about this. For those of you few who still have not heard my words, heed them now. These tools improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the output you create. Hence the new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled final and no clue which is the latest? Now you will. That's because of G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. I always say it. I say it again now to clarify. Not sweet like sugar. Sweet like the big office, which is where you're headed when you use G Suite. gsuite.com. Make it G Suite by Google Cloud. Dave. Ah. It's one of my favorites. It's number 55 from the Browns and the Patriots. Wow, look what mysteriously appeared on your desk again. That's nice. I'm proud again. I'm, ba- I'm I, back I, to being proud. Wow, I see that. Nice. Nice to put it right on the desk. Well, that's, I, it's, not, uh, it's looming there as one of the two remaining threats for your Patriots <laughs> in the regular season. It's dumb luck. I don't want to make too big a You already about. did. You got the helmet on your desk. You're saying everything about... What's going on? I know you guys came off a big win against Carolina. I was there. It was a great victory all the way around, and I know the Patriots just got defeated in Tennessee. Did so, anyone? People ahead. were people were tweeting at me on social media like, "Hey, should I go say something to Willie McGinnis?" They I did. Said, did they, they were like, "Hey, you know this place pretty well. You played here a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I will say, man, it's it's one of the best um, football environments ever. Hmm. Going into Heinz Field, coming over the bridge, and you look to your left." And you see the field, you see the city lights, and I, I was just like, man, like I was, I was so blessed to be able to play in some of the best environments in football, and this is one because it was dark. The lights were up, the, the you know, you see all the gold chairs, and the stadium was lit up. It was, it was a perfect environment. The weather was great. It was, it was, it was a great environment. I had a good time. I'm glad. Not as good a time as uh, in those two Januarys that you were there in the early part of the 21st. No, no, the weather was worse and the field was tore up. So no, not a good time. And you had those, and you had those cornrows hanging out of the back of the hat. One time, I think I did. Yeah, you did in 2000, January of 2002. That's rear view mirror stuff. Look who I got uh, to honor you hanging over my head. Number 12, the goat. They call him. He is the goat. He's also now. I'm not the first one to point this out, so don't get upset with you me. You can just say what you feel, Dave. He's on you the wrong side of 40. <laughs> That's what he is. Why, first first question, why, are, why is Josh McDaniels or whoever else throwing the ball to that old that man? Was a That's funny not a good idea. That, that, was, that was a funny call. That happened That happened a couple times, right? It happened against the Eagles. Right. You try it against the Eagles. doesn't work out. You try it, and then, and then the Eagles quarterback show you. They, they show you how it's supposed to look, right? Because mm-hmm. they do it and get it for a touchdown. And then yesterday, Vrabel was like, hey, they tried it, so I wanted to show them how it's supposed to be done, and then Mariota does it. Well, I know. All right, fine. I don't want to be the fun police. It's great, but he— I don't like the call they're because— losing, they're, It's a game they're going to lose with seven and a half like minutes to go. What are you throwing it to the old man for? I don't like the call. Yeah. I don't like the call. Even if you pick up the first down, okay. I, don't, I just don't like the call. All right, here's what I said. They're, the, the Steelers are one of two remaining— teams on the Patriots schedule that's actually worth something you know I mean let's be honest they play the Vikings in Foxborough and they play the Steelers and Hines outside of that that's a good one the dumb luck that continues and it's you know that's just the way the cookie crumbles the Patriots happen to be in the AFC East and that's fortuitous for them what's the final record of this particular how is the AFC North shaping up right now it's tough as usual I mean is it 
Well, is it tough? You're, maybe fi- not, you're but firing I- coordinators and coaches in that division. You fi- okay. On one team, you fired a coordinator and a head coach. On another team, you fired your defensive coordinator. So, All right, as a Steelers fan, it pleases me. But the point is, in 2018, maybe <laughs> it's not the most rugged division ever. But by the way, the fourth-place team isn't half bad. The Browns are a decent-ish they're, they're decent kind teams. of a team. But my point is, over 15 years, can we say this? People, Patriots fans will get very upset with me for saying this. So defend what I'm about to say. Of how many years? 15-ish years of Tom okay. Brady and Belichick. 15-ish okay. or so years. Let's go a little further back, but go ahead. The great, I got something for you. I'm going to make a bold statement here that's going to upset people. But listen, you are the, the you, you you are a part of the unquestioned dominant team in pro football, a dynasty for the ages and all Build that. Build me up to break me down. Go ahead. But all right, listen. Can't we acknowledge that more the, the greatest or the, the biggest reason for that is this dominant run, all those AFC title games, the improbable math, like how how could any team to get there? It's not Brady. It's not Belichick. It's not the great defenses that you are a part of. The greatest reason, the number one reason is the AFC East. I mean, the, that's such a bum division. I knew you was going for that. All and right. You know what? I, I had a little it. something. I'm pretty quick on my feet, as you know. Okay. Um, how many Hall of Famers in the last 15 years have come out of the AFC North? I don't know. Well, oh, out of the AFC North? AFC North. I don't know. It's kind of hard, though. It's kind of hard, though. No, no, quarterbacks. Oh, quarterbacks? All right, one. One? Seven in the black and gold. That's the one. Okay, that's it, right? Yeah. And you got to go further back, right? Because he hasn't come out yet, right? Uh, See, you're getting very specific so that I get lost in the weeds. No, there's no weeds. I'm not going to take the bait. Because last I checked, when I came in, I played against Marino in that division. I played against Jim Kelly in that division. Um, I played against. <laughs> but when you I, I played in. against. No, no, no. Because he played long in the division until they switched to the South and won Peyton Manning in that division. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the, the Buffalo Bills who dominated the AFC for a long time. You talk about the rivalry games against the Colts who were in that division and mm-hmm. then they moved out. Peyton Manning. All those guys are in the Hall of Fame. We can't help. That I, they don't, don't do a good you, job of keeping consistent talent or a certain way that they play in that division. It's it's not. It's there not, are a lot of talented players that are in the Hall of Fame out of that division that we played against. You're going pretty far back with Jim Kelly and Dan Marino, though. I'm Peyton talking Manning. about the dynasty. And then if we want to get in the playoffs, who do we play the majority of the time? I don't know, but I know this. You're almost no, no, always no, no, playing at know. home. You do know. Yep. You do know. I know this. You do that know. When you get gifted by the football gods, and it's it, I'm not this isn't casting aspersions or denigrating. It's just the way things have broken in 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 NFL history okay. that Where's my that the, be, the best QB of the twenty first century outside of New England is Ryan Tannehill. Where's, where's my single? Because you said I've played there for majority of playoff games, but for the majority of my AFC championships, we played in Pittsburgh. I don't like that. That stinks, McGinnis. I'm just saying. I don't like you doing that to me. Now I'm bitten by my own snake. Can we move on? Let's move on. Thank you. What's the uh, Patriots of 2018? What's their final regular season record going to be? I'm not sure. You know, I thought they probably won a tough one in Tennessee. I thought they beat Detroit. They didn't. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on with football. I would say it's enough to get them in the playoffs. And then when, when you get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter. It does? All right. I'm not going to go back, but for the record. No, I'm saying it doesn't matter. You do want the bye and you mm-hmm. want home field throughout. I get that. But in the playoffs, nobody's nobody record matters. 
Is Dion Lewis right when he says that the Patriots are cheap? I mean, it, the the statistics indicate that Dion Lewis can be as raw as he wants. It's not well, like I mean, they I, won I, that game on yeah, Sunday because of yeah, Dion yeah, Lewis. I mean, I, but all right, I, I get it. He played. He he had a he had a big role, and everybody wants to get paid, right? Regardless of where you are, um, because of the running back carousel in New England. They're never really going to have to pay a guy $14 million at the running back position. Mm-hmm. You had Blunt, you had Shane Vereen, you had Kevin Falk, you had, you know, you got Sony Michelle, you got uh, Burkhead, you got so many backs that I can go through. You don't have to, James White, you don't have to pay a guy $14 million like a, a girly, which the entire system runs through the running back position, or with Bell and Connor now in, in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, or even, you know, in New Orleans with Kamara. You're going to have to pay that kid. Does Is there something to try and, uh, as the Patriots now spend the week, or Patriots fans spend the week looking in the mirror asking, is it over for me? Is my team now? They would never do that. Come on, man. This I, is a team I, that just works on Well, these themselves. Eagles fans are, are bellyaching. Listen, you just won the Super Bowl. You don't get to complain the year after. They don't, you but the, you know what? The, the problem is they kept complaining anyway after they won the it's Super so Bowl. True. It's crazy. The whole offseason they were complaining. We don't get enough respect. People still are not talking about us. Just move on and play football. The, know, the best so thing you can you do that. after winning a Super Bowl is forget about it and hit the reset button. Now you're struggling. Mm-hmm. Who's talking Super Bowl now? You're just talking about getting a win. It's so true. Winning the division. Now who knows who wins that division, but I will tell you the Eagles are still going to win it probably because the Redskins have no offensive line left. What about Dallas? You got to play you got to go to Dallas and play Dallas at their place now. That was big for Dallas winning on the road. Well, what we know is is that none of those teams can make any hay in the postseason. They're all they're you all You never know, man. There's a team I in guess. that division that kind of won that division I at guess. 9 and 7. And end up winning a, uh, a pretty significant Super That's Bowl. That's right. I do remember that team. Yeah. Now that you bring it up, did Mike Vrabel? What I was ga- what I was going for is that this maybe will make Patriots fans feel a little bit better about things with a two week wait until their next game. Did Mike Vrabel just maybe know something? Is it sort of is it similar? I would say to- he had a good game plan. I'll say you you know everybody says oh the blueprint to beat the Patriots is this right? Mm-hmm. How many teams can carry it out? How many teams can can right. execute? Can go out and play well on all levels? Not turn the football over, you know, run the football, throw the football effectively down the field, you know, do what you need to do in the red zone. Defensively, stop Brady and all the different formations and weapons and different schemes you're going to see with Josh. How many teams can carry that out? You know, you got to give him credit. You got to give his team credit. And then playing at home, I knew it would be a tough game. I said it on game day morning. Like, I'm worried about this game in, in, in Tennessee because Mike's going to have these guys ready to go. Hmm. They play hard for Mike, and he keeps the pressure on them. It is interesting what he's done. I was skeptical of things. Is he though? He's he's looking pretty good so far. People were ready stick a, was was ready to stick a fork in him You're a couple so right. of weeks ago. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State the state takes a run at him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he were intrigued by the nah, offer. He's already been there. He, this is this is the ultimate goal is to be a it head is. coach. You know? Well, okay, the ultimate though, even within the pro football ranks, is Mike Vrabel. The number one option. Let's say Bill Belichick decided after uh, this season's over. You know what? It's a, it's it's done. I'm going to hang it up. Is he their number one? Is Josh McDaniels their first choice? For the Patriots? Yeah. I would say probably Josh. I think that factored think so. into his his decision of coming back and doing a long term long term deal there. Learn everything in a tool trade from Belichick. Makes and sense. Understand from top to bottom how to run the organization. 
You know, he's been there forever, over, what, 14, close to 14, whatever years. He understands the ins and outs, but it's also the personnel moves and the things that the GM hat you have to share and wear with Nick Cesario. Those things you have to really be able to understand and take over as well. So as much as, as, as we look at the X's and O's, um, Belichick runs football operations, everything under football. So you have to be able to do those things as well. couple more questions for you. Tom Brady, this stuns me. Why are all the questions about the Patriots? I don't know today? why, Willie. Is McGinnis? it because they it's lost? Interesting, because they're the dominant team of the 21st century. Of course, Jeez. when they lose, it's a it's a story. Of course, we're going to kibitz wow. about it. Do you know statistically? And we, you know, it depends if you want to how much you want to read into stats. But Tom Brady, one one thing you that generally speaking was not a great idea uh, was to blitz him. But now he is, his passer rating, for as much as you want to let's take it with a grain of salt, his pass rating is the worst in pro football. When Blitz this year, is this because of Jalapio and, and Solder not being there? What gives? You want to Blitz him? Blitz him. <laughs> I love that. If you want to Blitz him, Blitz him. I, it's Everybody like, says that. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Well, the statistics say it now. Yeah, well, over how many games? And, and look at the win-loss ratio for teams that blitz them versus teams that don't. Okay. There's your answer. You All right. That I that? That's, what's that? You like the numbers. Did you pull that stat? I didn't win pull loss? anything. I'm, I'm telling you what I what the, what the numbers say, friend. Numbers That's don't it. win games. Players do. Stick to the players. Right. You want to blitz them, you blitz them. I, well, I'm not going to do Can any you lift of it. the table for me? I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Take one out of here. Well, we'll pick up the other stuff later on. There goes McGinnis to everybody. Got a lot of stuff to ask him about with Levy and Bell and maybe next. Oh, you on Bell? Yeah. Okay, bring me back. All right, good. Let's talk about. You can bring me back down. Good, good, good. I'll stay. I have one more question for you about Levy and Bell. Okay, sure. Does it matter? I am back. Pittsburgh, I I talk about the Eagles fans. I talk about Patriots fans. It's only fair that we address Steelers fans here. Steelers fans, I get it. He's your hero. You bought his jersey. He's been a key piece. You know, everybody, it's, I don't think there are very many franchises in sports that fans are proud. They, 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 they bask in the reflected glory no, you're right. of the Steelers. That stadium was filled with, with Steelers and jerseys. And it's, there's that, you know, there are certain I heard they go to work in Steelers jerseys in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think they work lot. out in Steelers jerseys. And oh yeah, we when, when they would go when I was a kid, we, they would have Steelers Day at school. You yeah. would wear all your Steelers yeah. gear. Nobody to, had to go to class. It was a Thursday night game, big game against the Panthers. Everybody's right. out. Priorities, McGinnis. Right. Priorities. Yeah. They had them straight on the uh, banks of the Three Rivers. But I get it. I get why Steelers fans are upset with twenty six. They're raw. But does it matter if you're in the locker room? And I, I kind of feel like this is what's being insinuated when those when the o, o linemen or whoever are talking. Does it matter that a guy cares about football? Does it care? Do, do do you care if that guy's like, hey, I'm making a lot of money, and that's going to be enough to motivate me? I don't really care if we win or lose games. I, I have I, I have no bone or cell in my body with to ever want to associate with somebody like that. Is that right? I I do not want him in a locker room with me. I don't want to play next to him. I don't trust him. Um, If you're not passionate and love the game and want to play for the game, the money and all those material things come with that, right? The notoriety, the facial recognition, the status, the records, the numbers, all that stuff comes with it. But in a crucial situation when games are on the line, when – the momentum is going up and down, and you really need to depend on somebody. And you look over to your teammate, and if he doesn't love the game and he's not going to fight for you, and you can't trust him in the trenches because he's only money, money 
motivated, you you lost. Like well, there, in there, a, there's, such there's a physical nothing sport, to me. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's that, that, like there's nothing. There's nothing about me that would make me want to have that guy as my teammate. Interesting, because yeah, like if it's baseball, I could see getting away with it. You know, you're just going up there and standing in a box and yeah, even, swinging yeah. the bat. You're by yourself, but if it's a, a but an you're not by yourself. Like you got to make individual plays as as one to go along with the collective plays as the group. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you could say that with all team sports, basketball. You know, I'm just going to get my points. I'm going to get my one on ones. But at the end of the day. Players win games. Teams win championships. Which one are you? Mm-hmm. And if you got enough guys that only care about their numbers and points and individual accolades, you're never going to win championships. And that's the problem with team sports. It's tough to get a group of men to all buy in and all put self-preservation and whatever it is about mm-hmm. money, whatever it is, to the side and fight for each other. And to realize that all the things you want individually will come. If we win as a team, it's going to come to everybody. But you got to win as a team first. So it doesn't really matter how great you are individually if your team sucks. It's interesting. See what we did here over the last 10 minutes or so? We made a bunch of fan bases feel better about their respective situations. You You know, everybody's feeling a little uh, sideways about it. Last question for you is, uh, it's a big thing now. Fans love to talk stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I see Levy and Bell's catching a lot of stuff from Steelers fans. Eagles fans are now I was there, man, like Thursday night. And he, I will say this about the fans. They work so hard. It's a blue-collar town. Um, the Steel City, whatever you want to talk about, those fans are passionate. They feel like they, 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 they. This is personal. This is more of a family. That's what I than mean. A football yeah, there are team. certain franchises and sports. Yeah, there's not a lot, right. but there are some, right. and this is one of the historic ones with Pittsburgh. And I think that if they feel like the player does not care about everything that has to do about the team and its its family and winning and all that, and it's more about them separately, then they disown you. It really is true. They don't care. Yeah, I felt that. That's the way it is. I felt that there in the city. So my question is this. Did any fan ever talk stuff to Willie McGinnis? Yeah, of course. They did, really. Patriots fans. Yeah, I mean, when you don't play well, you know how it is. No, I... The boobers. I I know how it is, yes. When you walk down the street and you don't get good commentary or something, Yeah, well, I don't cut in and like your I didn't like your your podcast last week. I hear that all the time. Yeah, you know, it's okay. You know, at the end of the day, fans... They're emotional. You know, they talk trash. They do whatever. But if you're winning and playing and doing what you're supposed to do, most of the times they'll they'll cheer you. But they've come out and booed you and talk trash. Willie and, McGinnis. Yeah. Makes me weirdly feel a little bit better. Misery. Yeah. See, they say it loves company. There you go. But you know what? I love Willie McGinnis, too. Until the next exit interview, Willie. <laughs> I bid you good day. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.